0: Going Linux episode 438, welcome to Linux, starting your adventure, how Linux compares to Microsoft Windows, in the area of privacy, and other conspiracy theories. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast, I'm your host Larry Bushy.
1: And I'm your co-host Bill. Whether you're new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux.
0: We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done.
1: If you want, you can send us feedback at our email address at goinglinux at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 1-904-468-7889.
0: In today's episode, we will be talking about privacy, specifically comparing Linux to Windows 11, and we'll talk about some other things that may sound like conspiracy theories, but they really aren't, unfortunately. So, (laughs) shall we get started?
1: (laughs) Yes, we shall. So, before we go, I I actually have a non-weather update. Oh, okay. (laughs) So... I have – everybody knows I I like to play games. And I have one game that will not run on anything but Windows. So when I – I have a small partition just for that one game, and the other part is all Linux, and I use dual boot on my main system. Okay. And so I've been using this dual boot setup for months and months. It has Windows – I had Windows 10 and then Windows 11 and then, um, then of course I had Ubuntu Mate on this machine. I have Linux Mint on my uh, my other, just 100% Linux machine. So, I have so I can compare and uh, one's more portable, etc., etc. So uh, I've done you know security updates, uh, you know uh, downloaded and things to my Linux. Uh, partition no issues whatsoever okay. uh i had just finished a gaming session with some friends and i was uh i shut the computer down that night went to bed got up in the morning and found out that oh you have to do this update okay so i let it do its update for windows never had an issue and it rebooted and guess what I cannot get into my Linux partition now. It's like the Grub boot manager is gone.
0: Okay.
1: Um, uh, I'm sure I can fix it, but it's still. It's like what changed? So of course, the Bad only thing
0: Microsoft.
1: I, <laughs> the only thing I could <laughs> do is uh, boot into Microsoft because uh, my, my other machine I had left at work, and so. Everything, I I don't use their Edge browser or any of their services. I use just to play that one game. Occasionally, I'll look up something for like a YouTube on how to beat something in the game. But that's about the extent of it. Everything, Mm -hmm. all my defaults were set all back to, let's let's use Edge. It's so popular and I was getting ads and I'm like, God, really? So, yeah, I I haven't done any heavy lifting with the um, Windows 11 or 10, Um, and that's kind of what um, made me start digging after you had mentioned uh, 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 this video about uh, Mm -hmm. what Windows 10 slash 11 uh, does when you first started up so mm-hmm. it, it was worse than I thought <laughs> so I, I, I've i been blissfully ignorant in a lot of the changes that they've been implementing it's almost as if it's just a personal um, uh, ad platform because it's, it's like really? this is ridiculous because it's talking to a bunch of stuff so we'll get into it but uh yeah I'm not happy with uh Microsoft uh, and uh that's why I use Linux and most of course when they don't break it. That's my rant.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh I think your comment that you put on our notes here that Windows update is evil is uh <laughs> It <laughs> kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, oh. yeah. It's
1: it's not a good thing for in the morning when I need to get work done. You know, because I, cause I use uh, LibreOffice uh, on Linux to for you know some certain elements of that I want to get uh, accomplished uh, in the mornings. and um, yeah, before coffee, I can't even get into it and just sit with the blinking cursor. Kind of does not start my day off well. So anyway. Uh, and this is not bashing, I, I do want to say right up front, this is not bashing Windows 11. I might be bashing some of their practices, uh, but a lot of this, uh, I don't want you to think, uh, well, this is the mandatory, we're going to bash Windows. We, act, we actually took the time to read those mind-numbing um, agreements that you have to agree to before you can even use Windows on a like my machine come pre-installed with Windows 10, so right. I mean, you can't read the you can read the agreements, but most people just go accept it. <laughs> Let me get to get work done, you know. Right, but, yeah. because you have
0: no alternative but to accept it if you want to use their software. So, yeah, what else are you going to do? Yeah, it's um, kind of
1: a catch twenty two. Once we start discussing, you'll see what I mean. But anyway, yes, that we'll leave that for the episode.
0: Yeah. And so that we don't have to mention whenever we have uh, links in the show notes, here are some of the links that we'll have in the show notes. (laughs) Uh, There's an art, there's a YouTube video on is your word processor spying on you Uh, from someone named Naomi Brockwell. Um, If you look at her YouTube channel, you'll see that she has a lot of things about this kind of topic, not just Microsoft or Windows but other things uh, about privacy so and we all know that YouTube is the ultimate authority on everything secure Um, (laughs) that was sarcasm in case you didn't know Um, but that was kind of an interesting thing to watch Uh, there's also something about is Windows spyware There is a link to the Microsoft Privacy Statement, which I think uh, you should take a look at. That's one of those mind-numbing things. Another mind-numbing thing is uh, something about Samsung Automated Content Recognition, oftentimes abbreviated as ACR,
1: it's uh, We'll so talk friendly. about that
0: as well. It does, yes. It's automated. Uh, what could go wrong there? Uh, and then a link on how to turn it off. And um, a link to Bitwarden because we mentioned that as well. And if we find other links that might be interesting, we'll add them to the show notes as well. But that's just kind of a sampling of some of the things that we use to research this. And so it's not just... YouTube videos from conspiracy theorists, but rather we dug into and read, or Bill dug into and read, (laughs) the uh, Windows uh, or Microsoft privacy statement, and we'll have a lot to say on that, and I dug into um, some of the privacy statements regarding ACR for Samsung and LG and Apple TV, and, well, we can talk about it.
1: Okay, so... All right. (laughs) You ready, Larry?
0: I'm ready. Let's get going.
1: So, Larry, today we're going to be talking about how Linux compares to Windows 11 and privacy, and how it affects the user or us, or you. Let's look at some examples of the data collected by the most popular operating system in use, Windows 10 slash 11 because they're just they're very similar to privacy statements haven't changed that much uh i have included a link in the show notes as larry has already stated that uh that was posted uh, by a channel on youtube and it breaks down what the system is doing before you even use it so larry
0: <laughs> what's it doing yeah well according to the youtube video um Microsoft starts collecting and sending information to Google, Akamai, DigiCert, McAfee, MSN, Bing, and others, just to name a few. Now, to be fair to Microsoft, some of this data might be used to offer you features. Uh, Others may be used to offer to those companies the ability to advertise to you. But why? Do you need all this to write a document? Do you want or need these features when you're creating a spreadsheet? Uh, We encourage you to watch the video and decide for yourself and all of the links that we have in the show notes.
1: And it's not just the operating system that is reporting back, but also some of the applications. I, in my infinite wisdom, decided to read the Windows 11 agreement that you have to agree to before you can even use Windows. And it is quite enlightening.
0: Yep. And here are some direct quotes from the agreement that our listeners might find interesting. Installation and use rights. Section A, License. The software is licensed, not sold. Under this agreement, we grant you the right to install and run one instance of the software on your device, the licensed device, for use by one person at a time, so long as you comply with the terms and restrictions contained in this agreement. Updating or upgrading from non-genuine software with software from Microsoft or authorized sources does not make your original version of the updated or upgraded version genuine. And in that situation, you do not have a license to use the software. Now, to put that last sentence in a little clearer English, if you are running a pirated version of Microsoft Windows and then you use that to go to their site and upgrade, that doesn't give you a genuine version of Windows. It simply means that you're now using an upgraded version of the pirated software and as far as Microsoft is concerned the license is invalid.
1: Uh, just uh, something in here I wanted to highlight that kind of caught me. For use by one person at a time. That, that will be important later on. So put a
0: pin in that. Okay. And section B device in this agreement device means a local hardware system whether physical or virtual with an internal storage device capable of running the software a hardware partition or blade is considered to be a device for purposes of this agreement device does not include any hardware system whether physical or virtual on which the software is installed or accessed solely for remote use over a network. Hmm.
1: Yeah. So, I know this sounds like we're just going to, we reading the license, but there's a reason for this. So, on C, it says restrictions. So, I thought they were telling me restrictions at the beginning, but okay, so this is the restrictions part. The device manufacturer or installer and Microsoft reserve all rights, such as rights under intellectual property laws, not expressly granted in this agreement, and no other rights are licensed to you. For the avoidance of doubt, this license does not give you any right to and you may not permit any other person or entity to use virtualized features of the software separately. Publish copy other than the permitted to backup, you are permitted to have one backup, rent, license, or lend the software, transfer to software except permitted by this agreement, work around any technical restrictions or limitations in the software, put a pin in that too. To operate the devices as a server except as permitted under section two. Use the software to offer commercial hosting services. Make this software available for simultaneous use by more than one user over a network. Install the software on a server for remote access or use over the network. Or install the software on a device to use only by remote users. Reverse engineer, decompile, or disassemble the software. Put a pin in this too when using internet-based features you may not use these features in any way that could interfere with anyone else's use of them or to try to gain access or use any service data account or network in an authorized manner okay that was a lot of
0: um, gobbledygook. Yeah. <laughs> gobbledygook.
1: So let's, <laughs> yeah. let, let's, uh, boil this, this section down a little bit, Larry. So we have a yeah. foundation. So starting at the top where the part that you read, you know, it, it, basically it says the software is licensed. You don't own it. You know, everybody says, oh, I, I'm, it can't do that to my windows. It's not yours. It's licensed. Right. They grant you the right to use it. So since they retain all the uh, rights to the software, they can pretty much do what they want. You don't own it, but you're paying them for it. You know, Everybody says, well, I bought it. Yeah, well, they, you bought a license, not the software. And it says that when they grant you the right to install, so they're saying you're going to buy, buy a license, and then we're going to let you install it, and, but you only can run one instance uh, at a time. By by mm-hmm. one person at a time. Now, Larry, can we allow other people to use uh, our Linux while we're using it? You know, because when I told you to put a pin in it, you remember, Linux is designed as a multi-user operating
0: system. Right. Yeah. Not only can we, uh, you know, uh, take the operating system, Linux, and give it to other people or sell it to other people. Or share uh we can have other people using it at the same time we're using it because it's multi-user so you can have uh, linux installed on a computer and give people multiple access to it um and they can just use it you know at the same time if you want to um so use it as a server right so um yeah and you can put it on whatever hardware it'll install and run on. It doesn't matter. You know, you don't have to have the definition of physical device being a partition on a hard drive. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we hope that, it's on right? a partition. Yeah, well, um, I, I guess that section B where they're defining device, they're kind of breaking it down to uh, a device is not your computer. A device is whatever partition Windows is running on. Shall we move on?
1: (laughs) Okay, so one other thing is, how do we know that Linux is uh, a genuine genuine software if we can't buy a license?
0: Uh, Well.
1: (laughs) Then you can download it from the distribution. There you go. Right, right. It doesn't matter. Yeah the mind-numbing restriction legalese that I just, in, in Section C, uh, mm-hmm. basically says, guess what, guys? We reserve all rights whether they're explicitly granted or we even know about them, we still get them. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I said put a pin on that because um, as the sy- these systems become more interconnected, and they're talking to more and more people. What exactly are they coming up with? Why do they, why do they need to share all this information? It's like double speak. They're speaking. We respect your privacy, but we're still going to send it to all these uh, other um, entities. Uh, some of it are sub companies of us, or we have interests in them, or we have agreements to share information. So, you know. It's a lot of interconnected uh, stuff going on. If you watch that YouTube video, you'll kind of see it because he compares how much has changed from Windows 95 to the Windows 10 slash 11 now. We're getting ready to talk about uh, something that I found uh, kind of uh, interesting is there's agreements within a disagreement that cover other things that, in my opinion... And I'll let the users decide on whether it's double speak because they're saying, oh, we respect this and we only use this, but oh, we're using all this information for targeted ads. And it takes information about a person for a targeted ad. I'm sure you, uh, you know. Do a Google search for target ads and you'll see what I'm talking about. But they, they gather information and build a profile on people. So how, is it, how are they keeping your data safe?
0: Let's take a second and read the section on privacy and consent of use of data uh, from Microsoft's agreement. It says, your privacy is important to us. Hmm. We'll see. Some of the software features send or receive information when you use those features. Many of these features, many of these features, can be switched off in the user interface. Or you can choose not to use them. By accepting this agreement and using the software, you agree that Microsoft may collect, use, and disclose the information as described in the Microsoft Privacy Statement at and then a link to their privacy statement. And as may be described in the user interface associated with the software features. So each feature will have its own statement. In other words, let's just break that down a little bit. You're agreeing that Microsoft can collect your information, use your information, and disclose your information. In other words, they can give it or sell it to some third party. So all of that's included in what you agree to when you agree to use Windows.
1: And so that's what I mean by agreement within an agreement. So I actually put a link so I could uh, get to it real quick because there's a few things, and we're not going to go too in depth uh, on this one. This is kind of just where we're trying. We're trying to show you how things compare from Windows 11 to linux so the first but here is uh this agreement which is buried in the main agreement it says microsoft uses the data we collect to provide you with rich interactive experiences in particular we use data to. Provide our products, which includes updating, securing, troubleshooting, as well as providing support. It also includes sharing data when it is required to provide the service or carry out the transactions you request. Improve and develop our products. Personalize our products and make recommendations. Advertise and market to you, which includes sending promotional communications targeting advertising and presenting you with relevant offers we also use the data to operate our business which includes analyzing our performance meeting our legal obligation in developing our workforce and doing research in carrying out these purposes we combine data we collect from different contexts, for example, from your use of two Microsoft products, or obtain third parties to give you a more seamless, consistent, and personalized experience to make informed business decisions for other legitimate purposes. And it goes on. Um, But that is the agreement within the agreement. So they're telling you, first... You're telling them, okay, you can collect all this information and use it. And then and then, then you dig into the agreement and you find another one that says, oh, by the way, we're going to use this for to develop products that we can then get more information from you, I guess. Personalize our products. Uh, and we can use it to advertise and market to you, to your licensed software that you don't own. Uh, so it's like an ad platform. You just—I mean—so uh, and here it is. All you want to do is a spreadsheet. <laughs> so,
0: and here we thought Google was only company in the ad business, right?
1: No, 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 no. So these uh, EULAs or end-user license agreements uh, are the things that you're just clicking through before you even use the software and here's the here's the kicker you can't really go to all these subsections until you're connected to the internet and using the software it's a catch twenty two
0: you have to you have to pay for the product before you can see what you're agreeing to when you use it
1: yeah right? i yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I don't know how that is even a thing, but the more I got into this, uh, it was uh, made my head hurt because it's like there are so many weird uh, things. Like, oh, if you you can only use it by one person at a time. So you know if you're playing a mo, mul- uh, like they have uh, the Microsoft. Uh, gaming center, they're trying to, you know, sell you games to PCs, but it's a two player and you have two controllers. Well, that's more than one person. Mm-hmm. That's two people using
0: it. Yeah, I don't know how that applies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I mean, this is not conspiracy theory. This is a bunch of, uh, I mean, it's right here in black and white for anybody that wants to, or has the time or even wants to read it. So, you know, I, I don't know. My conclusion is, um, Uh, I know why I don't use it. I didn't realize it had gotten this bad. I I had read it a long time ago, but they keep adding features or uh, experiences. And um, yeah. What what are your thoughts, Larry? I I don't know. Am I sounding like a total paranoid uh, privacy person now?
0: I don't think you're paranoid because the facts are there in writing from the company that's providing you the software that we're talking about here. So it's not paranoia. It's uh, in their agreement. Um, What I don't understand is one of the things that you hear a lot of people say, and it's actually referred to in the agreement here, is that if you don't agree to these terms, you don't have to use the feature or you don't have to use the product Uh, And if you just think about the situation where you purchase a computer that has Microsoft Windows already installed on it, and you click through on the agreements, and you decide, "Mm, I don't think I want to use Windows. So you take Windows off of the computer, and you install Linux on your computer. But what have you done? You have not agreed to use their product because... The, you you know you're not using it but it's not like you can return the software for a refund you've already paid for it so you know wh- what are you doing um maybe it's better just to purchase your computers with linux preinstalled on them uh because then you can avoid this whole situation
1: of course do you uh are missing one of the most important uh, things it's- Say you click the agree, and then you you read through it and say, "Oh, I'm not agreeing to that," and um, take it off and put Linux on it. You've already sent before you even can get to the agreement. It's already sending data, the device, the version, everything, your geolocation um, to.
0: They've already collected information. Yeah, by the they've time already you collected
1: information it. before you can even agree or disagree.
0: Yeah. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's 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 mind blowing because uh, it's the as you'll see because I, I had to break this up because it was just it's just so big of a, a subject. I mean, I thought it was going to be fairly straightforward. You know, here's the differences, and then I made the mistake of reading these agreements and saying, "Wait a minute, it's a hundred for 99.9% of this, it's the polar opposite of what Linux offers.
0: Yes, yes. That's the point that we're trying to make here is you can avoid all this mess by uh, installing Linux. Now, some Linux distributions, quite frankly, have an end-user license agreement. uh, And you need to agree to that, especially if it's a version of Linux that you've purchased before you can use their software, but they give you an opportunity to read their end-user license agreement before you install. And uh, I can't speak for every Linux distribution because I haven't used every Linux distribution, but many of them who do have EULAs uh, will give you the opportunity to read it before they start collecting the information, which is the opposite, like you said, the polar opposite of what, microsoft is doing here Um, so the only option you have is before you turn on the computer for the first time um, you need to go to their website presumably on another computer and read their end user license agreement if you can find it before you even power on your computer now tell me this another possible way around this in my estimation and i know the answer to this but i'm going to get your feedback on it is okay. okay so i buy a computer that has windows pre-installed okay and i do not uh intend to use windows so what i do is i take that computer and i boot into windows but i don't connect it to the internet. And I'm reading the EULA, and I decide, nope, I don't want it. Um, if I'm not connected to the internet, it can't send the information back, right?
1: Let's see. Uh, without being connected to the internet, I would say, um, no, it couldn't.
0: But if you switch on the internet while you're connected... It's going to send it. It'll send it. It will. Yeah. So I think the only way around this, if you're going to buy a computer that has Windows pre-installed on it, but you don't intend to use Windows, is to wipe the hard drive. You know, don't don't boot to the, the operating system on the hard drive. Boot to a Linux uh, thumb drive. Yeah. And wipe the hard drive. Remove the partition. And, you know, to install Linux by removing Windows entirely. Completely erase it.
1: Yeah, but but guess what? You still are paying them for that yeah. license. Right. Okay, even though you never use it. See, oh I love this hardware, um, but I, I'm not you gonna use Windows. You still have paid them whatever they charge the manuf- the manufacturer if it's pre installed. If you're buying yep. it it's about nine ninety uh dollars to a hundred now. Uh even though they Say we're giving it away. You know they're still getting licensing fees from these manufacturers. The only way that you can not support some of these practices that they're doing is you you need to, uh, in my opinion, just support uh, the manufacturers that install Linux. On it, and you don't have to worry about all that other jazz. Like, uh, what's what's the one? System seventy six.
0: System seventy six. And Dell uh, sells computers with Linux pre-installed, and uh, Lenovo sells computers with Linux pre-installed. And they also sell computers without an operating system. Um, so those would be the only ways you could avoid.
1: Well, there's other manu- smaller manufacturers.
0: Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, those are just some examples. Or you could build it But that it would be the only way to avoid paying Microsoft for Windows.
1: Yeah. So if you uh, – the reason, uh, and, and this is my opinion, Lee, that this is becoming more and more uh, prevalent in uh, Windows uh, is because people just don't read the – license they don't realize how much of their privacy they're giving away and you know and it's you know if they if people just say look i just want to get my stuff done i don't care what these things say you're giving away a lot of your privacy to a corporation who would then sell it and what you've got to ask yourself is does you know okay so microsoft might not be nefarious but what about mccaffrey what about google what are their data policies and protections do they care about privacy um it's kind of a it's snowballs so yes yeah we you don't know how, how these other companies are going to handle your data and your privacy but if that's all, exactly right if all you want to do is just do your darn spreadsheet you're just like I don't care. I don't do anything. But in 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 all actuality, you're just empowering. And if that, if that doesn't bother you, hey, go ahead and use it. When people ask why do you use Linux instead of Windows, you know why. It, you know, then you can say, "Well, have you read their agreements? Do you know what they do with your data? You should think about it."
0: Yeah, and the th- the thing is though that most people. You know, the the average computer user doesn't care. You know, they just want to use the software. They, they know Windows. They know how to use it. They're uh, so concerned that if they switch to something else, they're not going to be able to use their favorite program or that they'll need to learn something new. And whether that's switching from a Windows computer to a Mac OS computer uh, or a Chrome computer, that... Uh, reluctance to switch is there Uh, and so they just don't care they they accept however let's move on to a couple of other scenarios where you've got a lot of leakage of your private information and it goes beyond just collecting generalized or anonymized information about a group of users and is very specific to your information that you're showing on your screen. And what I'm talking about here is automated content recognition. That's a term that is kind of general. It's often referred to as ACR, as we mentioned in the introduction. One of the things that I discovered in researching for this episode is that let's say you just purchased a a smart television right they're very popular these days you know some have Roku built in others have uh, other software built in that allows you to connect your computer to the internet to be able to view the free streamed channels or the paid stream channels well even beyond that streamed content You're agreeing to a EULA, an end-user license agreement for the use of that smart device. And we have uh, a link specifically to Samsung's um, documentation on their website about their ACR, automated content recognition. Uh, And you can read through their agreement that you are agreeing to, if you wish, uh, and how they go about collecting information. and it's not all that different from what we just described from Microsoft. Uh, and we also have a link to turn that off on your television uh, if you so choose to do. Uh, and as fo- I've turned it off on my Samsung TV after reading this, and I have received no difference in the programming that I can access, in the things that I can do with that television through their smart features. It's just that they give you the ability to turn off, or at least it appears that it's turning off. Now I'm getting into conspiracy theory here. Uh, It appears that they're turning it off. Um, And I also discovered that whether your television is a samsung or an lg or any other brand vizio doesn't matter if it's a smart tv uh, you're agreeing to have them share information and it goes beyond that it's even worse than just sharing information we'll get into that in a second here but essentially what you're doing with your smart television is you are signing an agreement that is buried within the menu system of your television, Uh, and to find it and turn it off is a bit of a hassle, and we've got a link that includes how to turn it off for various brands, Uh, but regardless of the brand, you need to go through your menus in in the television itself to figure out where to turn it off, and it's not always referred to as ACR. It may be referred to as something else. That's the more generalized term for internet based advertising and viewing information services or even voice recognition services on some of these televisions. Yes, some of them have microphones built in or accessible through the remote control. Uh, on samsung you have to go to settings and then support and then scroll down to terms and privacy and in terms and privacy there will be some checkboxes to be able to turn off viewing information services in lg it's in settings and then you go to all settings and then you go to general and then you go to live plus and then you turn that off but then there's some place else you have to go to settings all settings general about this tv user agreements Uh, And then personalized advertising, you can turn that off. Amazon Fire TV, I'm not going to go through all these, but Amazon's Fire TV, Roku TV, uh, Apple TV, Samba TV, um, several others here, some of which I have never heard of. But lots of places to go to turn these things off and to ensure that you are not... Um, sharing this kind of information with your uh, friendly neighborhood television manufacturer. Um, so those are all related to sharing personal and private information, essentially. But it goes beyond that. As I was reading this, specifically related to Samsung, so I can't say definitively that every smart TV does this, although I would expect that if they're not all doing it, they're doing some version of this in the Samsung agreement. One of the things that you're agreeing to is that they can take snapshots of what you are displaying on their television to be able to determine your viewing patterns and to be able to take that information and provide it to third parties to be able to advertise to you, uh, or even to, I'm making this as an assumption now, that eventually it could end up in the hands of nefarious third parties. So you could end up with spam or other unsavory ads or promotions or offers of spyware or other kinds of things as a a result of Samsung or another smart TV manufacturer sharing that information with someone else to take it even further they can take a screenshot of anything that you're displaying on the TV doesn't have to be streaming service programming it doesn't have to be over-the-air television service it can be your computer's screens if you're using your smart TV as a monitor as I'm doing so think about that for a second they could take a screenshot of anything That you're displaying on the tv let's assume that you have a computer for work connected to your smart tv because the screen is bigger and you you know whether you have poor eyesight and need it bigger or whether you just like to see it bigger let's say you're working on a financial spreadsheet for your company that has proprietary information on it or financial data that could compromise your company's um, stock price if it were to get out you're agreeing to allow them to take a screenshot of your screen at any time and any of the content that's on the screen. So now you've just agreed to give them access to your company's private and proprietary information, which may get you fired if that actually comes out. Wow. Because there's probably something in your employment agreement that says that You protect the company's private information. So it's in your best interest if you're using your smart TV as a computer monitor that you turn these things off if you're using it for business purposes Um, because it could uh, affect your ability to earn an income. I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but the potential is there.
1: Yeah, so... Just so I understand, this is how you talk about companies. Say you're working on a spreadsheet for your uh, for your bills, or you're you're putting together uh, a, a spreadsheet with personal information, so you don't have to you, you don't have to find it in five different pieces right. of paperwork. It could be taking a snapshot of that and sending it to Samsung with all your relevant information.
0: <laughs> Uh, Yeah, that's what you're agreeing that they can do. Whether they do it or not, I suspect they are. And we're still, you could be logging into your bank. And if you're displaying your banking information, they could take a screenshot right at that second. And they could have all of that. If you're logging into a website and you, you know, there's the password field, right? And you click the little icon that lets you view the password as you're typing it in. Now they have your login name and password for that website and the website that you're logging into. (laughs) They have everything they need to compromise that particular site that you're using.
1: So let me ask you a question. It's so – this agreement also – the reason behind this is they they look at your viewing – they're, they're getting a profile of what you like to watch, so they can offer you stuff. So that's what they, they
0: say as to why they're doing this. Yes.
1: So, you say you you watch the news at six, and then you watch a rerun of the Beverly Hillbillies or whatever. They're, they they yeah. they're gathering that information and saying, oh, he likes old uh, shows, so we should offer him this. And I mean, that's right. yeah, I guess they also know which advertisements that you don't watch you just uh (laughs) just change skip over
0: those ads yeah right yeah
1: wow because so they'll they 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 find out what you're interested in i guess that you know they're pretty smart they can pretty get a pretty good idea maybe not your your name unless they've captured that somehow but um they get an idea of the prox your demographic whether you're male female uh and Um, age and interests just from your viewing habits. And all you're trying to do is just watch the latest... Watch TV. (laughs) Watch TV in (laughs) peace. And you're just helping them out. And of course, we know there's never a data breach at any of these companies.
0: Exactly. So, yeah. So, we've talked a lot here uh, about our opinions. And we've also talked about the things that are in writing from these companies. Uh, and we're going to leave it to you to do your own research, but hopefully, we've done enough research to spur you to actually do some of that research and learn these things for yourself. So, you know, you can be a conspiracy theorist and take this information and morph it into something that just makes some conclusions that perhaps aren't relevant or valid, or you could simply use them for your personal use. We suggest the latter. But if you want to spread the word that these things are possible, uh, then our links will help you out, not just for your own personal edification, but also to uh, be able to share them with other people who you'd like to inform about these potential data breaches and personal information breaches and everything else. Uh, You may say that if you're not doing something wrong, You don't have anything to hide, and so you don't have to worry about this. But think about the scenario where you're doing everything perfectly legally and perfectly uh, on the right side of the moral situation as well, but your smart TV is hooked up to the Internet, and you're displaying your personal or business proprietary information on the screen, and they're capturing that. That is, uh, yeah, you, you have to worry about that as well.
1: Moving uh, on, I ha- actually have a software recommendation because, you know, we've all talked about you should have strong passwords, but who can remember, you know, 14, 15, 16 <laughs> uh, long or more more (laughs) passwords so uh i use and actually pay the whole ten dollars a year uh for bitwarden and it's a Mm -hmm. password manager and i am not getting paid i actually give them money and uh it uh is open source it's constantly altered it for security and they tell you right there if you forget your master password (laughs) you're out of luck Mm -hmm. Um, my work uses windows of course it does Um, you have to uh, have these long complicated passwords and it's easy to go password one two three four five six and yeah it's secure Uh, but to really protect your privacy, and, um, you know, a lot of these browsers will say, we can, uh, Edge does it, because it popped up, and uh, Google does it uh, uh, on their Chrome browser. Um, Basically, they say, we can remember your passwords, I don't trust you because of. I just read your license agreement. I think I'll use my own solution that's open source, and people can actually look at the code and figure it out if there's something nefarious going on. So Bitwarden, I've been using for about two years now. So, no, actually three. And uh, it really helps with passwords. So one of the biggest things you can do for your privacy is have strong, random passwords that are not something that uh, are easily guessed. And what's nice about Bitwarden, it will actually, you tell it what kind of password you want, and it will come up with something for you. And you can kind of, it has its own little generator. And I use that, and I have yet to have one of my passwords compromised. (laughs) So... It's uh, it gets high marks. I would recommend anybody do your own research. I've included a link in the show notes uh, to their site, and there's lots of people that swear by it, and I'm one of those people. So, I don't know what you if you use a password manager, Larry, but Bitwarden is mine of choice, and I can highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, I used to use uh Lastpass until I lost trust in them after they had a security breach and switched to Bitwarden and I agree with everything that you just said and in addition to that one of the things that Bitwarden allows you to do that Lastpass used to do but doesn't now without paying them exorbitant fees uh Bitwarden allows you even with the free version to use their password manager across different devices. That's nice, yeah. Uh, And I use Bitwarden exclusively, have for years, and find it uh, a great alternative to the other password managers that are out there, mainly because of the cross-platform feature. Because my phone is an iPhone, uh, my business computer is uh, MacBook Pro from Apple, and... Uh, my home computers are Linux. They're all Linux. And, you know, we have an iPad or two hanging around here as well and some other things. But um, Bitwarden allows you to share your passwords across all these devices in their secure vault without charging you an arm and a leg to do that. So, you know, it's, it's great that they offer that for free. If you want the additional features and you want to support them, uh, please do provide them financial support by subscribing to their services. Uh, But you can use it, you can try it, you can uh, test it out for your own purposes um, without having to pay them uh, a bunch of money up front. And they also provide some great uh, instructions for moving your passwords from whatever you're using today, even if it's a spreadsheet where you've captured all of the uh, passwords that you use, you can import that all uh, into Bitwarden and it'll create a vault for you and then delete that spreadsheet, please.
1: <laughs> but, you know, I used a uh, Bitwarden for free for the first year. And of course you have to create an account because that's, That's how Um, you
0: log in as a uniquely identifiable person.
1: Yes, but um, I never got any... Uh, advertisement saying give us money give us money give us money and after you know i said this is this is something i use every day it's open source and they're constantly adding features i went ahead and said here you can have 10 bucks a month (laughs) it's less than a dollar a month it's not even a coffee yeah help here it is thank you very much continue to work it's always worked perfectly Out of the box, and that's that's kind of hard to say for any software, but it's always done exactly what it's supposed to, and it's always um, it's it's always uh, been cross-platform. I've used it on Linux, I've used it on Windows, I've used it on uh, uh, an iMac that I had long ago. So uh, yeah, it's uh, anywhere that you need um, passwords or information that you need to have with you. Bitwarden has been fantastic.
0: Yep. But I just wanted to say Bitwarden and the people behind Bitwarden, you better not have <laughs> a security breach.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be our luck.
0: <laughs> we are trusting you uh, until you prove that we can't trust you. Uh, we will continue to trust you and we'll continue in- to endorse you. It is uh, the best one out there at this point. And so, you know, uh, it it may have been kind of a, an abrupt switch from privacy to Bitwarden, but Bitwarden is... Uh,
1: part of privacy.
0: Yeah, it's, it's part of privacy, ensuring that your passwords are kept secure and away from prying eyes. And even outside of your RAM memory in your brain, uh, you don't have to remember it. <laughs> it's there.
1: <laughs> I can remember one password that's long, uh, but uh, I can't remember 14 but yeah. the whole the whole idea of this of these next couple episodes is, is to compare the differences between Windows 11 and Linux and uh, and inform maybe some uh users of uh other operating systems um that there are other options and uh what exactly you're giving up or getting in the process of using that software.
0: Yep. So we'll have additional episodes that touch on this subject. We may not record them immediately and publish them immediately. We may have some other topics in between just so we're not talking privacy, privacy, privacy. We don't want this to become the privacy podcast, but uh, we will touch on additional privacy related issues. As we move forward, so stay tuned for that.
1: Yes, our next in this series will we we talked about Windows 11. The next one will be about Linux and how it compares, and under the same type of uh, format. So I hope you stick around and uh, see that if we see something, we'll call it out. So. <laughs> <laughs> or not yep,
0: exactly and yeah if you've uh, as a listener to this podcast if you have uh encountered anything uh, around privacy that you'd like to share with us or you think we're full of crap on some of these things that we've talked about here uh we appreciate you sending those in to us uh through our normal channels with the phone number or the comments or emails Uh, and we will share them in the listener feedback episodes. And speaking of listener feedback, that will be our next episode, listener feedback, as is our habit.
1: Until then, you can go to our website at goinglinks.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe.
0: We provide the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done.
1: If you like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast community on community.goinglinux.com.
0: Until next time, thanks for listening.
1: <laughs> 73.